This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. Seemed like our guest last night was very well received. The salty pastor, if you didn't get a chance to check him out. Uh, I'm going to try to have more guests in the future. Coming up next week, one of my favorite people in the world. Lead singer of the band The Abusements. He's going to be coming on to plug his new album. And he's got some political opinions. Very politically charged punk music. That's going to be exciting. But before then, we have a fantastic show. A judge. I believe this was in North Carolina. Yes. A judge in North Carolina is being charged after attempting to run over a BLM protester. We have video of a four-year-old's kidnapping. A woman crashed a birthday party and then raped a teen. That happened in Florida. Plus officials in North Carolina ruled that the Andrew Brown shooting was justified and have released body camera footage in the shooting. We're going to watch those body cams. Come to our own conclusion. We're going to delve into the UFO craze that's going on. The Pentagon has confirmed that there is indeed a UFO on camera. We're going to watch that footage. I'm going to explain the reasons to be skeptical that it's aliens. Saying it's a UFO is much different than saying it's aliens. Plus, Representative Dan Crenshaw was on one of the Sunday talk shows. The Proud Boys feel betrayed by Trump following the insurrection. We're gonna we're we're gonna hear from this business owner who put up the names of people who called the COVID tip line to report him. Put their names up in his business. I'm sure that's a good way to not alienate customers. Plus, the uh, plus doctors in Japan are calling for the Olympics to be canceled. Also, what Some people are apparently calling to be canceled as straight white men, according to Joe Rogan. We're going to listen to his comments a little bit later on. I'm going to point out the very obvious flaw in his reasoning. But starting off tonight, breaking news in the last few hours, an investigation has been launched into... 
alleged illegal donations to Senator Susan Collins' re-election bid. The FBI, this is coming to us from Axios, the FBI is investigating what it describes as a massive scheme to illegally finance Senator Susan Collins' 2020 re-election bid. A recently unsealed search warrant shows that the FBI believes a Hawaii defense contractor illegally funneled 150 grand to a pro-Collins super PAC and reimbursed donations to Collins' campaign. There's no indication that Collins or her team were aware of any of it. Collins helped the contractor at issue, then called Navitech, and since renamed the Martin Defense Group secure an $8 million Navy contract before most of the donations took place. Former Navitech CEO Martin Ko was indicted last year for allegedly bilking the federal government of millions of dollars in coronavirus relief loans. The Collins for Senator campaign had absolutely no knowledge of anything alleged in the warrant. This is according to Collins spokesperson Annie Clark. Federal prosecutors say KO used a shell company to funnel 150 grand in Navitech funds to a pro-Collins super PAC called 1820 PAC. According to the FBI, KO and his wife set up a sham LLC called the Society for Young Women Scientists and Engineers. All of these groups that these right-wingers create Their names are hilariously antithetical to the causes stated. They then wrote uh, the LLC a 150 grand check, investigators say, which was passed on to the super PAC. Government contractors are barred from donating to federal political campaigns. I'm sorry, barred from donating to federal political committees and investigators suspect the donations were attempts to evade that prohibition. Oh yeah, that has been very pervasive, especially on the Facebook. The easy PPP loans, and the PPP program is out of money as of right now. It doesn't look like we're going to get any action from Congress Also, it doesn't look like we're going to get any sort of response from the federal government about the fact that several states are stripping unemployment benefits. I haven't even heard a Biden administration position on that. It's very odd. Because we have an election that, you know, has to be won next year. That's going to come up sooner than later, I promise you. So that's the story on straw donations to the Senator Susan Collins campaign. A senator who faced an uphill climb given her vote on Brett Kavanaugh. Taking it back to 2018. There's already a Society of Women Engineers. Well, this was the, what... Society for Scientists and Women Engineers or some shit? 
Uh, Society for Young Women Scientists and Engineers. They were they were just ripping off something that already had a reputation. Also, a common tactic with right wingers. Right, so couple of Supreme Court stories. The SCOTUS restricts police authority to enter a home without a warrant. On this one, I agree. Apparently, all the judges agreed, or the justices, all nine, unanimous decision. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled unanimously Monday against warrantless searches by police and seizures in the home in a case brought by a man whose guns officers confiscated after a domestic dispute. Now, that's the one caveat I have to this, is I like red flag laws when it comes from a spouse or a partner. Just giving, just given the statistics on how much more likely spousal abuse is to end in death, giving, given the involvement of a gun. And that, that is absolutely what I believe red flag laws are meant for. The very core of the Fourth Amendment's guarantee is the right of a person to retreat into his or her home and there be free from unreasonable governmental intrusion, Justice Clarence Thomas wrote for the court. Old Buchan. The case involved a heated argument between a long-married couple, Edward and Kim, uh, I'm going to butcher their name, Caniglia. He brought out a gun and told her to shoot him to put him out of his misery. Then after he left the house in a huff, she hid the gun and spent the night in a motel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is insane. Like, she wasn't even asking for the guns to be confiscated. I remember reading about this. So he brought out a gun and told her to shoot him and put, put him out of his misery. Then after he left the house in a huff, she hid the gun and spent the night in a motel. The next morning, unable to reach her husband, she asked police to escort her home because she was afraid he might have harmed himself. Police found the husband on the front porch and sent him for a psychological evaluation. Later that day, doctors concluded he was not a threat to himself or others and released him. In the meantime, police had confiscated his guns and ammunition, so he sued, alleging an illegal search and seizure of his home. So, in this case, the spouse wasn't asking for the guns to be confiscated. So, 100%, this is a clear-cut case of police overstepping their bounds. Lower courts ruled that police could enter the home, and under the so-called community caretaking exception to the Constitution's warrant requirement. But Thomas... The only time I'm ever going to agree with Pube Can. Thomas, writing for the unanimous court, noted that the recognition that police officers perform many civic tasks in modern society was just that. A recognition that these tasks exist and not an open-ended license to perform them anywhere. Duh. What is reasonable for vehicles is different from what is reasonable for homes, he wrote. No, no, I, 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 
I tend to think that police should be able to pull up on you in your vehicle and just search you willy-nilly either. I believe, for example, George Floyd's Fourth Amendment rights were violated the moment they had guns drawn coming up on his vehicle. That's just me. I believe in liberty and freedom and don't want to live in a police state. I don't know about you guys. Now, SCOTUS has agreed to take up a case that is going to have huge ramifications for Roe v. Wade. It could be the case that overturns it. On Monday, SCOTUS agreed to take up a blockbuster dispute over a Mississippi ban on abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, setting up a high-stakes showdown over the future of Roe v. Wade. Oh, freedom. Hate it. I thought this was America. The battle will be the first test of limits on abortion access to go before the Supreme Court's expanded 6-3 conservative majority and could pave the way for more restrictions as the dispute takes aim at the landmark 1973 ruling in Roe, which established a woman's right to an abortion. Arguments will likely be heard this fall during the high court's next term with a decision expected by summer of 2022. The justices will specifically weigh whether all pre-viability prohibitions on elective abortions are unconstitutional. High court's abortion cases have established a woman has a right to an abortion before fetal viability, which generally occurs around 24 weeks into a pregnancy. The Supreme Court's rightward shift during former President Donald Trump's tenure left pro-abortion advocates concerned. Pro-abortion advocates? That's a weird way to put it. Seems like they're pro-choice. I'm a pro-abortion advocate. I think you should abort your fucking kids because they're stupid. That's just me, though. Unlike right-wingers, however, I don't think you should bomb kids once they're alive. I don't think you should rape kids once they're alive, either. That seems to be a controversial thing. All right, so left pro-choice advocates concerned about the future of abortion access as a growing number of Republican-led states have passed laws restricting the procedure at times with the stated goal of overturning Roe. While the nation's highest court last year struck down a Louisiana abortion regulation that required doctors that perform abortions to have admitting privileges at nearby hospitals, something that totally isn't needed, the Supreme Court's conservative majority has grown since then with the appointment of Justice Amy Coney Barrett in October. At issue in the case before the justices is a Mississippi law enacted in 2018 that prohibits most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The state's only abortion clinic, Jackson Women's Health Organization, swiftly filed suit to challenge the law and the federal district court struck down the ban, finding it unconstitutional. The 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals affirmed citing Supreme Court's abortion precedent. Mississippi's Attorney General, however, urged the Supreme Court to hear its appeal 
arguing in court filings, the case presents it with an opportunity to reconcile its conflicting statements regarding the test to apply when analyzing the the validity of a pre-viability law that protects women's health. That's a mouthful. The dignity of unborn children. What fucking dignity of unborn children? That's just flower, flowery language that means fucking nothing. And the integrity of the medical profession and society. Once again, that was Mississippi's Attorney General. The viability rule was created outside the ordinary crucible of litigation. This is still Mississippi's Attorney General. Failed to take uh, to account of the state's accepted interest in maternal health and fetal pain, which isn't a thing, is increasingly out of step with other areas of the law, rejects science and common sense. No, sir, your statement rejects science and common sense. And is shaky precedent at best. The court should revisit it. That's what the state said in its filing. But the Center for Reproductive Rights, which is representing Jackson Women's Health Organization, argued the court should reject Mississippi's argument as it is based on a misunderstanding of the core principle of the Supreme Court's past decisions. Roe and Casey and the court's subsequent cases are clear that before viability, it is for the pregnant person and not the state to make the ultimate decision whether to continue a pregnancy. A pre-viability abortion ban unquestionably contravenes this fundamental tenet of the court's abortion jurisprudence. Agreed! The SCOTUS has been declining to take up cases, uh, but apparently Amy Coney Barrett has been facing pressure from some of the group's Federalist Society that helped get her on the court. I the child support question, I that's not for I haven't even thought about child support because I, I don't have children. I'm pretty anti children. So I a man should take care of a child. He was responsible for but as for a matter as for a matter of law as to when child support should start yeah sometime during pregnancy seems reasonable to me but I haven't really thought about that so I'm with you is six weeks is that the 24 no 24 weeks is the viability if, if that's if that's what we're saying viability is 24 weeks that's where the cutoff is for an abortion fuck 24 weeks to start paying child support I see, I see no issue with it. And that goes both ways. Believe me, I had a... I have a female friend that paid child support for years. Alright, so in Japan, the Olympics were delayed because of the coronavirus last year. Doctors are urging officials to cancel them again as COVID cases surge. Coming to us from Axios, the Tokyo Medical Practitioners Association 
A group of about 6,000 doctors has called for the 2021 Olympic Games to be canceled due to an upsurge of COVID-19 cases in Japan. Rising case numbers in Japan are a reminder that the pandemic is not over even as cases, hospitalizations, and deaths fall in the United States. The physicians group said Japan's health system would not be able to accommodate the international team's possible medical needs. The statement they released says, We strongly request that the authorities convince the International Olympic Committee that holding the Olympics is difficult and obtain its decision to cancel the games. That is never going to happen. They are going to have the Olympic Games this year. It added that Tokyo hospitals have their hands full and have almost no spare capacity. The Tokyo Summer Games, presently 66 days away, were postponed last year due to the pandemic. In April, Japan declared a COVID emergency due to rising case numbers. I don't think they should go ahead with it. I'm, I am worried about us here in the U.S. having opened up too fucking soon, as if we closed down to begin with, mainly because vaccinated people can still spread the virus. I know it's rare, but they still can, and if you've got a whole bunch of vaccinated people congregating with about half the population that isn't vaccinated, spreading around these mutant strains, and vaccinated people are still getting it, and can pass it on, that sounds like a recipe for it to mutate to be vaccine-resistant. And that is my worry. And we see what some of these mutations are starting to look like. In India, coronavirus doctors report black fungus infections among some patients. So it's like a fucking mold monster from Resident Evil 7. India's health officials warned the country's doctors to be on the lookout for... Oh, God. I'm going to butcher this one. Mucormycosis, or so-called black fungus infections among coronavirus patients, particularly those with diabetes, which is a huge problem here in the U.S. Goddamn. The infection, which could be fatal, may cause black discoloration of the nose, facial pain, Numbing or swelling, fever, chest pain, or other issues. God. The infection, which is caused by a group of molds that live in the environment, most commonly affects the sinuses or lungs after inhaling fungal spores, but can also occur on the skin after a cut, burn, or other injuries. Those most at risk for the rare infection are patients with diabetes, cancer, transplant recipients, those patients with low white blood cell counts, those with long ter- uh, long-term corticosteroid use, a history of injection drug use, patients with high iron and permanent or low birth weight babies. The infection cannot be spread between patients or animals thus far. And there have been reported cases in several other countries, including the UK, the US, France, Austria, Brazil, Mexico. 
The volume is just much greater in India. Serious cases require surgery, including eye removal, depending on where the infected tissue occurs. Ooh, goddamn. Antifungal medicine can also be given via IV or by mouth. This is giving me the willies. Oh. Once again, why it is incredibly important for us to continue. Corticosteroid. Thank you, Tone. I'm not very good with medical terminology because I myself have not been around a lot of medical. Like, which is weird. I worked HR for a, uh, not HR, I'm sorry, PR. I worked PR. That's far more my skill set. I worked PR for a hospital at one point in time. But I wasn't around like medical shit. It was just my job to fucking, you know, make the hospital look good. I've I've never even like been admitted into a hospital for anything. Never broken a bone. Never had an overnight stay. On the one hand, I consider myself very lucky about that, but on the other hand, I have a serious phobia about medical shit. <laughs> so that if I ever have to have anything done, like it's really going to freak me out. Now, to no one's surprise at all, the U.S. vaccine map looks a lot like a map of how the states voted in the presidential elections, with most blue states vaccinating at levels well above the national average and GOP states bringing up the rear. Who would have funk it? The politics of COVID-19 had been partisan from almost the onset, thanks Trump and the Republicans, And polls consistently show that Republicans, particularly men, are more hesitant than Democrats to get vaccinated. The deep blue state of Vermont has the highest share of its population with at least one vaccine dose. I also believe they have a a older population. They've had longer to get their population vaccinated. They're at 65%, according to data compiled by the New York Times. They're followed by Massachusetts, Hawaii, New Hampshire, and Connecticut. The top 21 states for vaccination rates all went for President Biden in the 2020 presidential election. Right-wingers and morons. The state with the lowest vaccination rate, Mississippi, at 32%, is deeply red as are the other four states that round out the bottom five, Louisiana, Alabama, Wyoming, and Idaho. Survey results reveal a big reason why an NPR-PBS Marist poll this month found that 41% of Republicans said they are not going to get vaccinated, compared to just 4% of Democrats who said the same. And this, one of the things, I can't remember which documentary it was, going back to the the Bush administration, where George W. Bush, I want to say it was a Vox documentary. Bush actually read, I'm almost positive it was Johnny Harris, it might have been his channel, or it could have been Vox. But Bush reads a book about the 1918 pandemic and freaks the fuck out. 
and takes this shit incredibly seriously. And one of the things that he was explicit or the Bush administration was explicit about in their instructions was how important messaging is from the very beginning. It's so crucially important for all the government agencies to be on the same page and portraying the same message or otherwise you get exactly what we saw. People saying they're being lied to or that the CDC didn't know what they were talking about to begin with. And then we end up with this bullshit. There are also some intriguing anomalies in the data. Pennsylvania, a swing state that voted for Biden last year, has a vaccination rate of 55% with at least one shot, exceeding the national average. Meanwhile, two other states that voted for Biden, Georgia and Arizona, are at 37% and 44%, respectively. So, interesting. Now, here is a story. This is coming to us from, I believe this is PJ Media, far right news organization. Diner owner sublimely turns tables on snitches to COVID hotline. So this is not very well written. It took me quite some time of reading it to even figure out what the fuck this dude was doing. (laughs) The owner of a Puget Sound area diner has turned the tables on tattletales who called the Washington State COVID-19 snitch line. Now, remember, we're reading this from a right-wing propaganda site. It was a COVID-19 tip line for people that were violating uh, COVID-19 protocols. Craig Kennedy's savage and proportional reply to his critics may make them think twice before calling Governor Jay Inslee's COVID snitch line. Uh, apparently, his diner is called that one place diner. Tattletales have made 260 plus complaints to Inslee's COVID violation line about the car themed restaurant since May 2020, when Kennedy defied the governor's rules about shutting down. Kennedy's liquor license has been suspended, and he's incurred more than $130,000 in fines. He has a sign-up that announces he's on the governor's most wanted list. Kennedy told Seattle radio host Dory Monson, uh, I'm sorry, Dory Monson, that his 45 employees need the jobs and he's unwilling to go broke for Inslee. But as an employer of last resort for people on probation and in recovery, always wanting to cower behind these like marginalized communities anytime they can. I, I had a family member get incredibly pissed off at me. Uh, about two years ago, uh, her husband, who I worked with at a newspaper, he does PR for firms now, and he was working for a drug rehab place, and I called it a scam. They were, they were <laughs> taking uh, people that were in the rehab and using them as manual labor for businesses in the community, not paying the people in rehab anything. And I said that was that was incredibly gross. It turns out the uh, organization he was working for got busted for fraud. I believe they were taking advantage of Medicaid. 
I'm pretty good at, at smelling a scam. And these people, like, hiding behind... Because that's, that's the grossest thing to me. Hiding behind people in recovery for your bullshit. For the last year, Inslee, the former presidential candidate and man-made global warming religious adherent who wears a mask outside even though he's vaccinated, ordered lockdowns of even rural counties such as Kitsap County, the home of that one-place diner. The county is about an hour southwest of Seattle. And because the town of Port Orchard is so small with uh, 13,000 people, Kennedy told Cairo TV that he had an obligation to tell community members whom they could trust. So here here you see... He has up a gigantic printout that has the names on the right side of, of the people who called and complained and has a transcript of the complaint they made about his restaurant. Uh, so here's the list. Everybody calls the tattletale list. If you want to tell on your neighbors, then your neighbors deserve to know who you are, plain and simple. That's what Kennedy said. The only motivation was is that I feel if they're going to call and complain about us, then their neighbors deserve to know. We all in our small community deserve to know who we can trust or not. I think so. I I think they know they can't trust you now. So let's let's hear about some of the reasons. I'm sure it's it's the stupidest one. Uh, he has decided to protect or to protest the stay-in-place order, I believe this is due to his political beliefs, which he's always touting. I'm, I wonder about that as well. Like, I would figure reporting it to the governor would be anonymous. I can't believe if they provided this data to the restaurant, I can't believe they didn't take the names off of it. I can totally understand them giving them a printout that says the violations or the complaints, but it should have took the customer's names off of it. One of, uh, one of the complaints was people are eating. Another of the complaints was hundreds of people flocked to this restaurant to show support against the stay-at-home order. Absolutely unacceptable. They are a danger to everyone. Just, we just had a positive case. They need to be stopped. They has opened for indoor dining. <laughs> They are allowing people inside to eat in the restaurant against the governor's orders. No masks or social distancing, which seems like a... Seems like a valid complaint. Alright, you remember that pipeline that shut down? That caused the East Coast to run out of gas? People were putting gas in bags and shit. Well, some new details are coming out. Turns out, good old Merka. Now, it turns out there was absolutely nothing wrong with the pipelines. The problem was that they were having issues with the billing. So they didn't know how much to properly charge people, so they they couldn't keep giving people gas. News outlets are reporting that Colonial Pipeline paid nearly $5 million to Russian hackers responsible for the attack on Colonial's pipeline network. 
Colonial Pipeline, with the help from private security, cybersecurity experts, and U.S. government officials, managed to retrieve the most important data that was stolen, according to a person familiar with the response. The person said at least some of the data was not retrieved from the hackers, but by leveraging the attacker's use of intermediary servers within the United States to store the stolen information. Meanwhile, new details are emerging about Colonial's decision to proactively shut down its pipeline last week, a move that has led to panic buying and massive lines at gas pumps. The company halted operations because its billing system was compromised. This is according to three people briefed on the matter, reported by CNN, and they were concerned they wouldn't be able to figure out how much to bill customers for fuel they received. So they caused a panic because they wouldn't be able to fully figure out what to charge people. One person familiar with the response said the billing system is central to the unfettered operation of the pipeline. That is part of the reason getting it back up and running has taken time. Asked about whether the shutdown was prompted by concerns about payment, the company's spokesperson said in response to the cybersecurity attack on our system, we proactively took certain systems offline to contain the threat, which temporarily halted all pipeline operations and affected some of our IT systems. At this time, there is no evidence that the company's operational technology systems were compromised by the attackers, a spokesperson said. We peak American indeed. Can't, can't be cutting them like a flat rate on fuel or a cut rate during a time when there would be a panic. No, 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 We got to drive the price up, which, I mean, they knew what they were doing. They knew shutting down operations would drive the price up and actually help them in the long run. There needs to be prosecutions. This is peak late-stage capitalism is what this shit is. But hey, 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 hey. Rick Scott thinks he knows why the prices of things are going up. Let's hear from him, shall we? This is the senator from Florida. He was on with one of the Fox News bimbos. I want to get right to Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott on these price spikes. We're seeing you, you know I'm not high enough for this you've shit. You've been sounding the alarm on, especially with the White House pushing trillions more in spending. So is the average American seeing this come out of their pocketbook? Absolutely. Reckless spending has consequences. That's exactly what the Democrats and Biden are doing. I've been saying this. Tones, you're right. You're right. They didn't care about paying that five mil. They knew they could recoup it because if they shut down the pipeline for a week, the price was going to go. You are correct. For, For two years, you can't just keep spending money like this without seeing an impact on people. Who's it hurt? It hurts the poorest family, hurts those on fixed income. When gas prices are up, food prices are up, household good prices are up, used car prices are up, everything's up. Everything is going up. And it's going to hurt the poorest families the most. And so I've asked the Biden administration to focus on this, and they won't. I mean, they, they just act like, oh, this is, oh, it's, it's all going to go away. It's not going to go away if we don't stop this ridiculous spending. They want to, what, spend another 4 or $5 trillion after they wasted the last $1.9 trillion? So we have got to stop this wasteful spending. We're at $28 trillion worth of debt, soon to go to $30 trillion worth of debt. Well, just, just to point out, Rick Scott, 
Uh, the Democrats want to spend money on bridges, roads, infrastructure, providing broadband to the entire country. Shit that will actually create jobs and put money into people's pockets and spur the economy. It's different when you are cutting people's taxes. That does nothing. That does nothing to spur economic growth. Giving poor people money does spur economic growth. Yeah, those families just need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Why are they not why are they not working? Like they're all these people are hiring. Oh my god. Who's going to pay for this? This is there's no free money here. It is your money that they're giving to you. And they're trying to make everybody a- hey, Yes, 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 it's I mean, my it's money. Like, and how about we spend it on bridges instead of sending it to Israel to bomb kids? dependent on government and eventually we're all going to be equally poor. This is systemic socialism and this is exactly what the Biden administration and the Democrats are doing. This is coming on a day where President Biden uh, spoke at the White House. He gave remarks on that spending, talking about getting money to families that he says so desperately need it coming out of this pandemic. Uh, the child tax credit, you're, talk- you're talking about millions of American families that will now get those child tax credits uh, for the children under their roof. The Biden administration makes the case that this is- What, you hate tax credits, Scott? Come on. That need it, Senator. How do you make the case otherwise? Well, that was a good point by a news host from sure Help the families that need help. I grew up in public housing. I watched my parents struggle to put food on the table. I want to help people that need help, but to make make middle class and upper income families dependent on government. Why would we do that? We're going to have to write. The, somebody's going to pay for this. And as taxes go up, what, what happens? We, we, we receive less money. You can't make everybody dependent on government, and this works. It, it's never worked. It's socialism. I mean, we beat the Soviet Union because that's what they tried to do. It's never worked anywhere. What the fuck do you think socialism right is, now. Scott? The Biden administration Democrats, they want a redistribution of wealth. They want everybody raise everybody's taxes. We're seeing unbelievable inflation already happening. Green New Deal. You, you name it. It goes on and on. Take away our personal freedoms. This is socialism. That's ex- systemic socialism. That's exactly what they're doing. Let's help the people that need the help, but the rest of us have got to get to work and we've got to continue to build a country that we're all proud of. What do you worry? Is Socialism is public ownership of the means of production. Worker ownership of the means of production. All over the country right now who says, who are saying that they can't fill job positions. Millions What a moron! Open, but they don't even have people showing up to apply for them. I, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Why would we pay people more not to work than to work? Who can do that? What government can do that and stay for forever? That's what we're doing right now. We started it last year. I brought up with some other Republican senators to say, you shouldn't be paying people more not to work than to work. And that's what they've been doing, and now they're going to be doing it. We were paying people to stay home, to not go out and die in a pandemic. We're in our states because we want our citizens back to work. It's better for them. It's better for our businesses. I risk God is a dumb fuck. Just saying. By the way, uh, Val Demings announced she's going to be running against Marco Rubio, the other senator from Florida. That will be an interesting race. Carly Christ taking on Ron DeSantis in the governor's race. 2022 is going to be fun. But maybe, maybe Senator Rick Scott does have a point about socialism. Maybe I have to concede to him on that one. 
This is a piece coming to us from the Hill earlier today. Sanders flexes on Biden seeking to shape the Democratic agenda, which I say, fuck yeah. Senator Bernie Sanders is starting to flex his political muscle and become more outspoken on a number of issues after months of mostly keeping his head down and being a team player. Sanders has trashed removing the $10,000 ceiling on the state and local tax SALT deductions, which has been a top priority of Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer and has put pressure on President Biden over foreign policy with his sharp criticism of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Fuck yeah, feel the burn. I I was wanting to bring up uh, Bernie calling out the um, the tax ceiling thing the other day. We didn't have time to get to because fuck yeah, Bernie's still doing the Lord's work. The 2020 presidential candidate who finished second to Biden in the Democratic primary accused Netanyahu of cultivating a culture of racist nationalism and he's correct Sanders is also throwing his considerable political weight around on domestic issues seeking to put his fingerprints on the infrastructure and social spending measures proposed by the White House I would hope so he is the Senate Budget Committee Chairman under his job the Vermont Senator is intent on including a provision to expand Medicare in the infrastructure package even though Biden wants to avoid picking a fight with hospitals and drug companies. I say pick that fight. Sanders is also running out of patience with the pace of bipartisan infrastructure talks and says the Senate needs to move a massive package as quickly as possible. And if the GOP has a problem with it, I have a massive package they can suck on. In speaking out, Sanders is acting as a counterweight to Senator Joe Manchin a centrist representing a state that is conservative. Manchin has worked to moderate Democratic proposals, and he has enormous power in the Senate, equally divided between the two parties. Sanders is the voice of progressives who wants to expand the infrastructure bill by adding ambitious health insurance reforms to it. And the reason why is because it's going to be a a reconciliation bill. Unless they nuke the filibuster, they ain't going to be able to pass anything else this year other than this infrastructure bill. So Bernie, the Budget Senate Committee Chairman, Senate Budget Committee Chairman, understands this and is going to try to attach as much shit to it as he can. Yeah, Bernie. The more outspoken role is a departure in some ways for Sanders, who adopted a lower profile during the homestretch of the 2020 election and during the early months of Biden's transition. Yes, he did. But now we've got the threat neutralized. It's out of the way. It's about making the country better, and Bernie is rolling up his sleeves. But with no clear Senate Democratic plan yet for passing Biden's infrastructure agenda... For moving a sweeping election reform package through the Senate or for bringing gun violence legislation to the floor, Sanders is starting to flex some muscle. Progressive activists are applauding Sanders for becoming more outspoken and for asking why Schumer isn't putting more pressure on Manchin and Cinema. 
Some point out that progressives such as Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Representative Ocasio-Cortez haven't been the problem in moving Biden's agenda despite expectations. Apparently, people expected the progressive wing to be the problem about passing the Biden agenda, but the Biden agenda has been more progressive than anybody actually expected. Sanders has signaled growing impatience with the dragging negotiations between Manchin and a small group of moderate Senate Republicans and Democratic colleagues over a scaled-down infrastructure bill, which doesn't seem close to any sort of deal yet. We've talked about infrastructure for decades, and the infrastructure only gets worse, Sanders told The Hill. There's an understanding that we've got to do it. We can create good-paying jobs, and we will do it. If Republicans don't want to come along, we'll do it without them. It has to be done as soon as possible. Hell yeah. And it seems that Bernie... And just the pandemic in general is having an effect on the way businesses are responding. We've been hearing a lot of whining about not being able to find workers, but it is having an effect on wages. Bank of America to raise U.S. minimum wage to $25 by 2025. That's a pretty big step. It should be sooner, but fuck, it's 2021 right now. Bank of America announced in a statement Tuesday it will raise its U.S. minimum hourly wage to $25. The bank says its base hourly pay will have increased by more than 121% since 2010, which is a bump of nearly $14 per hour, which seems like about what it should be based on productivity and inflation, all that good shit. Bank of America, if, if the minimum wage had kept up with worker productivity and inflation, right now it'd be sitting at about $23 or $24. Those are just the facts. Bank of America raised its minimum hourly wage to $20 last year and to $17 in 2019. But believe me, I am not praising Bank of America in any way. I uh, I had an idea for a documentary that never got made. It was called See Me Pee. This was shortly after the financial crisis. I was going around to piss on different banks. I pissed on a Wells Fargo a couple different times. In 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 prep work for this movie. Oh, it was it was called See Me Pee, and then the tagline was Urine for a Wild Ride. But it was just going to be me peeing on different financial institutions and then explaining why they got pissed on. I.e. all the things that they did to contribute to the financial crisis. I'm sad that that idea uh, never got acted upon. All other bad ideas out there constantly get acted upon, like the bad idea of electing a batshit crazy person like Marjorie Taylor Greene to Congress. Rise and extend my remarks. She is going to talk to us about the possible January 6th bipartisan commission. Study the events of January 6th, as well as spending $2 billion in security supplemental. The question that comes to mind is this. 
What about all the riots that happened during the summer of 2020 after the death of George Floyd? What about ma'am, ma'am, the neo-Nazi group that burned down the Minneapolis Police Department is being prosecuted by the DOJ. I don't know what else you want. There are numerous prosecutions related to the activities last summer. Can you be more specific, ma'am? About all the damage caused to federal buildings, churches, people's businesses, and innocent people that were killed, like David Dorn. This past summer, Minneapolis City of... What about David McAtee that was shot by the Louisville National Guard who was inside his barbecue joint? Hmm? Hmm? He was an innocent man. The officials estimate 700 buildings were damaged, burned, or destroyed, including 360 local businesses. Riots caused an estimated $55 million in damages in Minneapolis alone. BLM and Antifa established an autonomous zone in Seattle and attempted to burn government buildings in Portland. Is that not an insurrection? I'm told both of those are blown way out of proportion. Protesters caused over 100,000 in damages and 150 people were arrested. Just one Monday night in Philadelphia resulted in a crowd of 1,000 people looting stores, setting fires in the middle of the street, and 30 police officers injured. Protests in Kansas City resulted in 2.1 million in damages, mostly over the course of one weekend. Several officers were injured as well. Protests in Wichita, Kansas, cost the police department about $1.5 million in overtime. Protests in Salt Lake City cost... See, they're, probably, they're not even, like, complaining about this shit. That's why they wanted Protests to keep them going. That's another thing. Your, your fucking uh, White House, the Trump White House, wouldn't accept a plea deal. The DOJ wouldn't accept a plea deal from... Derek Chauvin that would have put an end to all the riots last summer. Did they still adore? Five million in damages in overtime. BLM protests in Nashville set a federal courthouse on fire. The destruction is estimated to have cost 1.2 million in damages. Again, is that an insurrection? Protests I don't live far from Nashville, and I don't remember that happening. ...to burn down government buildings, resulting in $2.3 million in damages. Seriously, guys, you know I keep up with this shit. I do this, like, I was doing this show at this time last year. I covered the summer protests. I live not far from Nashville. I don't know what she's talking about including $1.6 million in damages to the courthouse downtown. In St. Louis, following the night of violence, buildings were looted, vandalized, and burned. Protesters in Louisville set the courthouse on fire and shot two cops, resulting in a state, um, state of emergency ordered being declared. Protesters in Kenosha... That, a protester did not shoot a cop. That, that, that is... Whoa, what, what, she's totally wrong. I know the incident she's talking about. That was not a protester that had nothing to do with the BLM protests. Completely separate incident. Something that did have something to do with the BLM protests was when David McAtee was shot in his uh, barbecue joint when he stepped out the back door and a woman National Guard... Uh, for the, the the Louisville National Guard shot him. 
They fired like fucking 30 something shots indiscriminately into the man's backyard, Marjorie. And set at least two city trucks on fire. In Guilford County, North Carolina, courthouse was broken into, set on fire, resulting in roughly 200,000 in damages. Protests in Oakland, California, resulted in a courthouse being set on fire and vandalized. The LAP and who even cares? Like, you're not their congressperson. And some smaller crime units were eliminated entirely. Studies show 570. It's not your job to advocate for anybody in any of those districts. US location turned violent over the summer. Are those not insurrections? The no. One-plus billion dollars in riot damage is estimated to be the most expensive in insurance history. It resulted in up to $2 billion of damages in 20, 20 cities across the U.S., mostly concentrated in L.A., Detroit, Miami, D.C., and New York. In Conway, Indeed, 20 we cities. we should have a commission to study the violent BLM and Antifa mobs that have plagued American cities this past summer, and that's for the American people who, by Honestly, the way— Honestly, I think Trump did have a commission like that, didn't he? everything we do here. Also, we should have a security supplemental to fund all the police departments that have been defunded due to the pressure from radical violence. I, I think there's only groups. two or three police departments that actually saw a dip in their funding, and it wasn't significant. Also, while it's catch and release for domestic terrorists, Antifa, BLM, the people who breached the Capitol on January 6th are being abused, some even being held for 23 Wait, hours what, a day. Fucking and catch and release is talking about a, a, a thing with... Oh my god, people that are crossing the border. That's the that was the Obama position about people crossing the border. What she's calling catch and release is just people being booked in, arraigned, and bonding out. The the the, the literal justice system, the way it works. She called that catch and release. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yes. Yes, I do. Solitary confinement. So, Mr. Speaker, my questions are this. Who placed the pipes, pipe bombs, at the RNC and the DNC, which is an attack on both Republicans and Democrats? Why? I, I think that was not a white nationalist. Fifth for 10,000 National Guard denied. And who denied it? And what chain of command did they follow? Also... Who killed Ashley Babbitt? Trump administration. Why is that not being revealed. Does her family not deserve justice? And last, I don't. We know the cop's name. I'm pretty sure we do. Like there was a whole investigation that cleared him. I thought you like last week was police week. I thought you backed the cops. What the fuck are you talking about, woman? When will the witch hunt of Donald J. Trump come to an end? And all of those who support him, arrest. Uh, there is no witch hunt, ma'am. So, Dan Crenshaw and Representative Adam Kinzinger were on Meet the Press over the weekend. Before we get started with this, I just want everybody to be perfectly aware that I would give anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Just, I have to make that known right now. 
Welcome back. The sacking of Congresswoman Liz Cheney last week was the sacking of someone in Republican leadership who refused like to she was a QB on the front line. God damn. They sacked her. But it may be just as much. He's a witch hunt. National memory. Here's House Leader Kevin McCarthy last week. I don't Bitch think boy McCarthy questioning the legitimacy of the presidential election. I think that is all over with. Well, that would be news to the former president himself, who has made it clear it's not all over with, at least for him. Then there are these statements from Republican House members looking to wipe clean our collective memory of January 6th. I can't wait to see what Crenshaw has to say about this. As a result, the DOJ is harassed. I brought this up last week. This is uh, Paul Gozar. I thought I misquoted him, but no, 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 no. This is the actual quote, I think. Listen to what he had to say about the January 6th riot. Looking to wipe clean our collective memory of January 6th. The truth is being censored and covered up. As a result, the DOJ is harassing, harassing peaceful patriots across the country. In fact, it was Trump supporters who lost their lives that day, uh, not Trump supporters who were taking the lives of others. If you didn't know the TV footage was a video from January the 6th. Okay, okay, uh, I'm sorry. It was Representative Andrew Clyde. I misattributed Clyde's comments to Gozar. It was this comment that I brought up. You would actually think it was a normal tourist visit. So joining me now are two Republican members of the House. If you, if you didn't know what was going on that day, you'd think it was a normal tourist visit. Remained critical of Mr. Trump and publicly supportive of Liz Cheney. And Dan Crenshaw of Texas, who says he's neither a Trump loyalist nor an anti-Trumper. And I'm going to begin with Congressman Crenshaw. Congressman, welcome to Meet the Press. Um, and let me just start with um, whether you agree with the following analysis, which is, Liz Cheney was kicked out of leadership simply because she wouldn't carry the water of former President Trump's election lies. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, no, fundamentally, I don't. Look, um, thanks for having me on. I was a little surprised because I've, I've been so detached from this uh, drama. And it is drama mm-hmm. uh, over the past month. Um, drama? With drama your party is creating, we're just commenting on what your party is doing, sir. And you've been detached because something fucking happened with your eye and you couldn't see. That's why we haven't seen you on the shows for like the last six or eight months. So I don't know why you're surprised. I'm sure they would have had your stupid ass mug all over the place. Um, but I have followed it. And look, you can't forget that we already had this vote for Liz Cheney. We had this vote and that vote was directly because of her vote for impeachment. And she won overwhelmingly. The Republican conference said, look, we disagree, and Liz did not apologize. And she said she would not apologize. And she still won that vote overwhelmingly to be a leader in our conference. You can't forget that. You can't gloss over that fact. But what happened after that, and I think the reason that a lot of our colleagues got more frustrated with her is because effectively she kept demanding that everybody else start apologizing. So she refuses to apologize, which is fine. I don't think she should. But then she demands that everybody else does. And I think what Kevin McCarthy was trying to say there was... No, 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 no. Demand apologies. What? No, I think what she is wanting the party to acknowledge is reality. She's not demanding apologies. She's wanting you to fucking state reality, sir. Well, there is disagreement, and it's time to move on. We can, we can keep having that fight if we'd like, but what is the point and what is the outcome? When in reality, we need to be talking about the things that American yeah. people actually care about. i got to tell you, this is not the subject that I'm asked about. I get asked a lot of questions. Sure. I'm always doing events. I'm always meeting with people. 
I never get asked about this. I get asked about why is there rising inflation? Why is there a border crisis? What is going on in the Middle East? Why can't we get gas? What is happening to our energy infrastructure? Why can't well, I? I know why people are asking you that. I, I can tell you what network they're watching by the questions they're asking you. So maybe you should think about that, sir. People. Why are they getting paid by the government to stay at home instead of come to work? These are things that really affect people, not this internal drama. And, and one of the reasons I agreed to come on your show is basically to say that this isn't that important to people. Well, but why should anybody believe a word you say if the Republican Party itself doesn't have credibility? I want to use, I want you to take a look this at what is, That's a stupid thing. Oh, you guys shouldn't be talking about it because it isn't that important to people. Motherfucker, this is, this is meet the press. It's the most inside beltway the only people watching this show absolutely care about this issue. You dumb fuck. CNN on Friday, because this is her rationale for fighting it. Take a listen. For Republicans to be in a position where we can stop those policies, we've got to be able to tell people you can trust us. You can trust us to be based around conservative principles. Uh, and to reject the lie and to protect the Constitution. Well, I don't. Look, for her and for many Americans, up, you know, sitting here and saying, oh, there's disagreement about the election. Uh, look, there's not disagreement about the facts. This is, you know, so uh, you do any of your critiques come across as credible if you can't accept the fundamental fact that our democracy uh, held a free and fair election? No, but if I can speak for myself, of course, and, and you know where I've been on this issue, I assume, right? Well, I do. In fact, you no, in, I, in I, December, I well, hang I, on, I, I, I know I how you voted. I everything I've ever said. I understand that, but in December, you signed on to that uh, lawsuit that the Texas yep, Attorney yep, General yep. filed to question the elections of other states, which seemed to be a pretty anti-federalist yeah, yeah, thing and to and do. You guys, Why you did you sign on to that? Painted that as, and you guys in the press... Because you, you know, like you guys in the press painted that as some extreme. It action. was, of course, it wasn't. That amicus. No, 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 no. Right wing group said it was bullshit, and it was a trash lawsuit. I don't know what you're talking about. Painting it as something, Crenshaw. Question of the Supreme Court and saying, can you please speak to this question of whether of whether process changes in the election last minute, not approved by the legislature, can be deemed constitutional. It was a question. Now, they didn't want to answer that question, and I said it's, and then I said it's unconstitutional for us to overturn the election in Congress. So I did not vote. You don't feel I like you said, but you don't vote to serve. But this is, the, this is the issue that many people have, is that you're sitting here trying to, trying to say, no, 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 I just had a specific question, yet what you did gets weaponized by the former president. Did you see the yep. rantings of him yesterday? And to the point where a Republican official in Maricopa County called the former president unhinged. unhinged. You know, I understand you guys want to put this behind Chuck, you, but Chuck, he is the leader look, of your party, and he doesn't stop talking about this nonsense. Chuck, the only look, he, he, he's one of many leaders in the party. He's a former president. We're five months into President Biden's No, it's his party. And there is a time to move on. And look, the, 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 you guys in the press love doing this, and, and, I, and I get it, right? I wish <laughs> the, you the, folks the would move on. They're largely no, 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 no. Don't start that. That, that, of, that is the lazy. Look, there's nothing lazier. There's nothing lazier than that. There's a lot of, of reasoning to keep this alive. I understand what you're trying to appease. There's a lot of people in my party that take the bait. I'm not going to take the bait here. I'm not trying I'm not to bait, bait you. Here. I'm trying to. What, what, I'm trying to try to figure out. Looking for. Why do you appeal? Why, why do you? Why do we sit here and have a political party that is basically rallying around 
this bizarre lie and mythology that the former president is doing, and you guys just want to say, hey, pay no attention to this. That, that somehow we in the press are bringing it up. It's well, the already, former president. Already, already debunk, I already debunked the notion. I already debunked the notion that there's debunk shit. space in the party for that. Remember, Liz won that first election. She's not there now. She won that first leadership vote. Okay, but yeah, but and I told you why. I helped you understand why. It, yeah. Okay. So a lot of things have happened between that first leadership vote and the second leadership vote that took place last week. A lot of state parties have censored, censured have censured Republicans that voted for impeachment. Mitt Romney got booed by Republicans. What you understand is that these are not the phone calls I got about this, about who the, who's the leader of the party, what's happening with Trump. My Republicans... And, and, and I bet you 100% he's lying. He gets phone calls about rhinos all the fucking time. I spend all my free time in right-wing spaces, and I will tell you 100% they complain about uh, Republicans in name only constantly. People that don't toe the Trump line that they want expelled from the party. That is, I would rank it in the top five concerns of every single conservative. So you are lying, Crenshaw. Do not ask me about Trump. They don't ask me about what he said. They're not riled up about it. You know what they're asking about? What are we doing about over a quarter million illegal crossings on our border in the last two months? That's what that's what they're asking about. How is that sustainable? What about my inflation? What about my savings that are now less valuable because of rising inflation because we're spending money that we don't have? My small business can't hire people because they're getting paid more to stay at home. And we said this would happen. We said this would happen, and now our economy isn't recovering. I mean, what do you think about the jobs report recently? So, are you very, so you must be upset with the former president that he can't let the party uh, let... Hey, first of all, the jobs report in March was excellent. And what we are looking at right now is unemployment numbers in most states have gone back to pre-pandemic levels or damn close to it. So all these companies complaining about not being able to hire people just need to raise their wages. They're in a more competitive market. We probably killed off like a million people. A good chunk of that was frontline workers, the essential workers throughout the pandemic. And now as we're reopening industries that probably suffered the brunt Poor people with no access to medical care suffered the brunt of the pandemic. That's also the cohort most likely to work in service industry jobs. There's also the effect of a lot of people. I know a lot of my friends learned how to make money in a different way. Uh, Were able to take their hobbies and turn them into full-time jobs. There are plenty of people on Upwork, Fiverr, people per hour, OnlyFans, uh, Uber, Instacart. People are doing that shit. Because if a job, $13.50 is the living wage in every single state in this country. If a job doesn't pay at least $13.50, it's not worth it to go work for them. You have to have multiple jobs to survive. Let the party go. 
I mean, I, I don't understand. You keep putting this in the press. It's, it's, Isn't it not the I'll former president? If, 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 if former President Trump, if former President Trump asked me, I would say, former, Mr. President, please keep talking about the border. Please keep talking about these issues. That's what I would say to him. So you For believe sure. he's a legit? He doesn't. He doesn't give a shit about any of that. I lost the election. Okay. He doesn't say that. I'm sorry. He's like, no, I won the election. Well, the election I, was rigged. A former president, right? And and I refuse to. I refuse to go into this sort of black and white thinking about it's either totally one thing or mm -hmm. totally the other. These these are these are complex human relationships that involve millions of people. And I and I have always said, look, I do not think Trump is the devil, and I won't say that. You probably I don't should. Think it's Jesus either. You know, I'm, I'm a rational human being about this. He's certainly okay. not Jesus. And, and, and I'm going to agree where I agree, and I'm going to disagree where I disagree, and I refuse to allow this drama to engulf us. That's what Kevin McCarthy was saying. I fully agree with that. Mm -hmm. And there's no point in relitigating some of these things. Look, look, I, I say this to Liz. He has this, said Adam, nothing. You're not going to get the colleagues who believe in that stuff to apologize to you, right. to agree with you. Um, you look, I... I I, I I stand by everything I've ever said okay. and done, and that's kind of that's all I can speak for. Oh God, the and forever blasting! You care about those that issues that I've told you about, and I think those are the issues we should be debating on this program. You've got a great show. You got a lot of listeners. Let's debate environmental policy. Let's debate Congressman, policy, I, border policy. I will go toe to toe you with on all. Of it. I, 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 we, we would we would love to see that. Uh, contact the former president about that situation. Anyway, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, I do appreciate you coming on and sharing your perspective with us. I was hoping Crenshaw and Kinsey. We're going to be on at the same to now time. A different perspective on this with Congressman Adam Kinzinger. So, Congressman, unfortunately, uh, we didn't get you, that. I know where you stand on this. Why do you believe you can't both appease President, former President Trump, uh, and his narrative there, and somehow build the Republican Party? Well, it's two things. Number one, Trump set the table. He's the one that continually brings up a stolen election narrative. He's the one that has convinced members of Congress, including what we saw a few days ago, to have a hearing on January 6th and claim that this was nothing but a tourist group or that it was hugs and kisses. I mean, if you saw the press releases he put out yesterday. Those are about, quotes. This is the lie of the century, the greatest crime of the century. You cannot, on the one hand, say that Donald Trump is a leader or the leader of the Republican Party, which I believe he is the leader of the Republican Party right now, because Kevin McCarthy gave him his leadership card. You can't say he's the leader and then say we have to move on. I would love to move on, Chuck. But listen, when Liz Cheney, probably on a total of maybe... I don't want them to move on from Trump just until 2022. Questions that the election wasn't For the stolen. benefit of Democrats, we're going to talk about Trump as much as we can. Dozens of times says it is. It's not Liz's fault. Hey, what is the Republican Party now? I want to put up a Club for Growth uh, stat here. It was uh, Chip Roy and Elise Stefanik who replaced, um, who ended up replacing Liz Cheney. She has a lifetime Club for Growth record of 35%. This is a conservative economic group. Um, and Chip Roy is a 100%. Um, for what it's worth, Elon Omar, a Democratic member of Congress from Minnesota, has Elon Omar has a higher conservative rating than Elise Stefanik. American people about what the Republican Party is today. Well, I think what it needs to say to any Republican that's maybe kind of confused by the moment we're in is policy doesn't matter anymore. It exactly, your loyalty to Donald Trump. As I've said before, this is something that like echoes a little bit out of North Korea, where no matter what policy comes out, you're loyal to the guy. Think about this. Donald Trump, I had so many people that said, I don't like what Donald Trump tweets, but I like his policies, so I'm going to support him.
His policy is hate. Everybody's saying, look, I like her policies. I don't like what she tweets, so she needs to leave. What that shows to me is an inconsistency that is built solely around allegiance to one man, Donald Trump. And we have to recognize that as a party. And we have to recognize that four months ago, you're not a party, you're a cult. And it's the narrative to lead to an insurgency on January 6th. Um, and until we take ownership of that, we can't heal. That's why I think it's so important. How long do you fight to stay a member of a club or reform a club that doesn't want you? And I'm referring to the Republican Party. So I think he's out you in 2022. I've been a Republican far longer than Donald Trump has, uh, and I'm not going to let him come in and hijack my party. And You're going to lose because of it, sir. People like Ronald Reagan and George W. and George H.W. Bush and, and all the great shitty people uh, did not want it to be. It, it's I'm not going to let him win. I'm not going to let Donald Trump win at that. He already did. About. And it, I believe in what we used to believe in yeah. with 21st century solutions, though. What do you, um, the, the biggest Seriously, problem, it it, interesting this guy needs to enjoy Trump, his time in office. Said, hey, my a year and a half from now, he will not be well, a one of the congressperson. One gerrymandered society, both of uh, uh, congressional districts, but also in the way siloed media is, you have a, you have a, a, a sort of a, an information wing on the right that seems to... Oh, I'm sorry, he will still be a congressperson a year and a half from now. He will have lost an election your constituents. and this be a lame duck congressperson. Peace here. What gotta be, gotta be, uh, concise. You know, I think a lot of it is just an overload of information for people. And so instead of kind of working through that information, a lot of people have just chosen, you know, what venue or what people, what personalities they trust and put all their faith in it. I think similar to Donald Trump, I think people have to take responsibility for their own ability to work through misinformation to remember what the Constitution is about, to be okay with losing power for a little bit and let that actually reaffirm that you have to go out and win a next generation of conservatives. And right now, you know, again, it's... To try to, sit, to win on the merits Donald of your Trump arguments as opposed to smoke screen of four restricting ago. voters. Move on. It's hard to do when he keeps bringing it back to a stolen election, which, of course, wasn't true. Is it uncomfortable to you that a uh, success for the Republican Party in 2022 will mean bringing Donald Trump back as the leader and nominee? I mean, do, do you worry that 2022 will be a referendum on that? Now, we're, we're getting yeah, ready to I, see I do worry that it'll be perceived as rallies thing. again. You know, look, we have tailwinds, certainly, to be in the majority. This happens whenever one party has complete control. I think President Biden has gone significantly far to the left, so I think the American people will react. As that he... is a reaction to Joe Biden, and mm. I don't think an affirmation that Donald Trump should be the party leader. But we may take it that way. Congressman Adam Kinzinger, uh, a Republican from Central Illinois. Thanks for coming on. So at least Kinzinger actually said something in his interview. It is going fantastic. How's it going with you? I'm just going over the news of the day here on the Troll Patrol. 67% of Republicans... say that Joe Biden didn't win the election. Now, how are we supposed to find common ground with these people? Some very interesting polls by CBS. 80% of Republicans agreed with the removal of Liz Cheney. Almost 70% said she's not on message with the party. That was the reason they gave. 
57% said she's wrong about the 2020 election. 52% said she didn't support Trump. This poll asked, should the GOP follow Trump's example on economic issues? 89% of Republicans said yes. Immigration issues, 88% said yes. On leadership, 80% said yes. How to treat the media, 77%. Republicans answered the the question that being loyal to Trump is 66% important. 33% answered that it's not important. So this is the biggest shocker, or not a shocker, if you've been paying attention. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Is Joe Biden the legitimate winner of the 2020 presidential election? 67% said no. This poll had a 3.5% margin of error. Probably means it was over 70%. (laughs) Probably not the margin of error the other way. So just stunning. In the same poll, GOP strategy for winning elections should prioritize. 53% said get more voters with policy and ideas. 47% said push for changes to state voting rules. Apparently, all 47% of those people surveyed are in state legislators. So this was the lawsuit that was mentioned by Chuck Todd. Dan Crenshaw tried to downplay on Sunday. Crenshaw and 125 other House Republicans backed the Texas lawsuit in a submission to the court known as an amicus brief. Crenshaw defended his decision, telling Chuck Todd that the amicus brief had been unfairly portrayed by the media. CNN ruled this as misleading. The House Republicans' amicus brief did not merely ask the court to answer a constitutional question. In reality, the brief expressed a firm opinion that the four Biden won states had taken unconstitutional actions and asked the Supreme Court for a specific response to allow Texas's lawsuit to proceed and to grant Texas's request for a preliminary injunction forbidding the Ford states from certifying Biden's victories until the lawsuit was resolved. The brief also invoked baseless claims of election fraud, saying that the election of 2020 has been riddled with an unprecedented number of serious allegations of fraud and irregularities. Now, that may be true that it's been riddled with an unprecedented number of serious, not serious allegations, false allegations of irregularities. Moving back to the Capitol riot, fucking the narrative by Republicans, the DOJ has said that Capitol rioters carried semi-automatic handguns into the Capitol. Despite claims by Republican congressmen that the January 6th Capitol riots didn't carry firearms, an indictment from the Department of Justice has alleged that one rioter did carry a semi-automatic handgun in the building during the riots. 
DOJ indictment accuses defendant Christopher Alberts of carrying a Taurus G2C semi-automatic handgun on Capitol grounds on January the 6th. The indictment also says he had a large-capacity ammunition feeding device. Indictment char- uh, the indictment's charges accuse Alberts of engaging in physical violence, entering and causing disorderly and disruptive conduct, a restricted building with a deadly weapon, as well as possessing the weapon, uh, as well as possessing the weapon unlawfully. Alberts also stands accused of committing civil disorder and assaulting and resisting a police officer. Now, the Proud Boys are saying they feel betrayed following the Capitol riots. I found this take incredibly interesting. Proud Boys leader Ethan Nordeen lashed out at President Donald Trump, accusing him of misleading his supporters and then deserting them despite their unwavering loyalty. We are now and always have been on our own. So glad he was able to pardon a bunch of degenerates as his last move and shit on us on the way out. This is according to new uh, Nordeen. Fuck you, Trump. You uh, left us on the battlefield bloody and alone. Nordeen is one of the several members of the extremist group with ties to white supremacy whose members describe themselves as Western chauvinists. He is among the more than 400 people who have been charged for their alleged roles in the deadly assault on the Capitol. Wow, they have really upped the number of charges. It was just over 300 the last time we checked in with them. Prosecutors say Nordine, along with other Proud Boys members, planned to push through police barricades and force themselves inside the building that day. Nordine, the self-described sergeant-at-arms of the Proud Boys Seattle chapter, is facing several charges including conspiracy, obstruction of an official proceeding, and aiding and abetting. Court filings on Thursday, prosecutors detailed communications sent through the instant messaging app Telegram that they say show additional evidence that Nordine and other Proud Boys members conspired to breach the Capitol. Prosecutors included the anti-Trump diatribe in which Nordine seemed to acknowledge he and others are facing criminal charges because they followed Trump's lead. Well, duh. Um, none of these people being described here are following the Constitution. I follow the Constitution, my friend. I oftentimes will pull it up and read it on the show to prove how cops are violating the Constitution. Matter of fact, notice my shirt. Alt-right people wrap themselves in the Constitution, but in reality, they are just complete fucking morons that don't know what they're talking about, have never even read the Constitution. (laughs) I don't believe in free speech. How do I not believe in free speech? Content warning here, fuckers. 
I have been fired from multiple radio stations. I'm not allowed to perform my stand-up comedy in multiple venues. I'm the most pro-free speech person you've ever met. And I will use my free speech to tell you how fucking idiotic right-wingers are. I don't, I don't understand. Unless you're like me and calling out all the disgusting behaviors of the police on our dime, then you are pro-police brutality. What hate speech or what? What what the fuck are you talking about? What do I consider hate speech? Hey, if you want to argue, 917-830-4359. You've got your free speech. Or you can hop in the Discord with me. I love free speech. I love free speech so much that I encourage right-wingers to try to call in and make me look stupid. I dare you to. Well, that is a... Completely dumb fuck statement. There's not even two genders, sir. Gender is a concept that humans invented. Male and female are labels that humans put on something that is naturally occurring. Nature does not give a shit that you think there's two genders. Because nature is messy. There are people born with both sex organs, no sex organs, and everything in between. So I'm sorry that you are unable to comprehend that life is not black and white. That's the problem with right-wingers. Right-wingers want to break everything down into this duality that doesn't make any fucking sense. You want to impose a false dichotomy on issues. Nothing is that simple. Yes, humans invented label. Male and female are labels. We invented the labels to describe something that occurs in nature. And I hate to I hate to inform you of this. A normal curve actually proves that transgender people are naturally occurring. Just like hermaphroditic people, asexual people are naturally occurring. I can bag it up, but you're probably too fucking stupid to understand. But you want to come in here and you want to say, I'm not for free speech because I'm explaining to you how science and nature actually works. You'll say, I'm not for free speech, but you're not going to give me a call on the 917-830-4359 or hop in the Discord. The link is down at the bottom. I would love to have a conversation with you. What biological fact? What are you talking about? Okay, sure, men can't have babies. Whatever the fuck that means. But it, what you, what a biologist will tell you is that any, try, uh, any kind of fucking label you try to put onto gender, what is a woman or what is a male, is automatically going to leave a certain segment of people out. There are women who can't have babies. So if you label female as the ability to reproduce, you are leaving people with vaginas out of that category. Nobody's going to ban you. This is this is the most free free fucking speech channel you're ever going to come across. Not only am I not going to ban you, I am begging you. 917-830-4359 is my phone number. My Discord link is in the bottom and I will explain all of this to you. 
I explained the science to you. But if you're if you're saying that only females can or, or if you're saying that the essence of being female is the fact that people can reproduce, you are leaving a huge number of people with vaginas that can't reproduce out of the definition of female. Therefore, your definition of female is incomplete. That's what a biologist would tell you. And that's why you're fucking stupid. It doesn't matter who can have babies or anything. Next thing you're going to tell me is X and Y chromosomes. And next thing I'm going to say is there's fucking at least seven different combinations of the X and Y chromosome that are possible. Nature is far more messy than your little fucking false dichotomy mind can comprehend. I'm sorry that it's more complicated. And you want everything to be black and white, right and wrong. That's my problem with right-wingers. You have no room for nuance. You want everything spoon-fed to you. How am I making up a straw man? I I explain the science. There's no way I'm making up a fucking straw man. Don't call fallacies on me. I probably know fallacies a hell of a lot better than you do. Now, are one of you going to call in and actually try to make an argument? Because you're not doing very good right now. Or am I going to go back to my thing, which is to cover the news of the day? I never said that it's stupid for you saying that only females can give birth. I said that that is a stupid notion of what a female is. You were strawmanning me there. I I don't know if you accept trans people or not. I mean, trans people are people and deserve rights and respect just like everybody else. You have a problem with that, I have a problem with you. I never I I never said you don't accept trans people. I mean, this is all fucking recorded. I put the fucking replay up on YouTube and everything. It is recorded for posterity. I'm not high enough for this shit. Now, are one of you going to try to actually call in, discord in, and put up some kind of... A, and I love how you come into my stream, you have to you have to make it about trans people because you think that's an issue you can win on. Well, you're fucking stupid. You don't know what you're talking about to begin with. So, and I, I, why do you obsess over trans people and gender? Like, that tells me that you have some sort of hang-up, a psychological issue that you should probably get checked out. Gender is a human construct. And no, the the definitions that we have are woefully inadequate. Gender is bimodal. There are everybody comes in here and tells me to relax, but like yelling at people and calling them dumb fucks is exactly what I'm known for. So why don't you fucking relax? I didn't push it that way. 
If you want to talk about something, 917-830-4359 or hop in the Discord, and we will talk about something. You're the one that brought up trans issues. No, you absolutely are a dumb fuck that doesn't know what you're talking about. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yes, I agree with Rudy Giuliani. I'm I'm doing better than looking in a mirror. I'm looking straight in my own fucking eyes. I see my camera right here in front of me. What are you talking about? Shit. Be what way? Factual? The right-wingers get their fucking feelings hurt constantly. You came in here, said some bullshit that wasn't correct. I laid down the facts on you, and now you're all like, me, 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 me. You want to have some faux outrage about decorum after you came in here and talked about free speech. Fuck! Dumbest fucks walking the planet. I love, I love you came in here talking about how I don't believe in free speech. I'm like, please call in. I'll let you just talk your ass off. I, that's exactly what happened, and it's on video. I'm going to clip this and put it on YouTube later, and everybody can watch exactly what happened. Gender is a spectrum. It is certainly not binary. It is bimodal. I explained how it's bimodal. I will. <laughs> I do it every day. Literally my thing. What I want you to do is don't forget to subscribe like the channel, share it out with all your right-wing friends. I encourage you to get right-wingers to call in. Try to make me look stupid. Why haven't one of you? Where are you guys at? Pathetic. All right, so in Florida, this is a crazy ass story. Florida woman allegedly crashes children's birthday party and then rapes a teen. Usually it's stories about Florida man. This time it's Florida woman. I've got to wonder if meth was involved. A Florida woman crashed a children's birthday party and allegedly raped a 17-year-old boy in front of another child. Jessica Ray Good, 43, was arrested on Wednesday. After the teen told a staffer at his high school that he was sexually assaulted over the weekend at a home in Port Charlotte after a birthday party. Good had been out drinking with a friend. I find it hard to believe that it was just alcohol. Before crashing the celebration for another teen on May 9th when her buddy went to bed. After returning home intoxicated, Good continued to hang out with the juveniles while allegedly making extremely inappropriate sexual comments and providing the 17-year-old victim with alcohol. 
A 12-year-old girl at the party told deputies she was asleep on a beanbag in the home when she was awoken by the sounds of two people having sex. The girl who was just a foot away from good. Uh Uh-oh. Here comes Smokey. The boy later told deputies that Good forced herself on him after he fell asleep, claiming he was unable to push the woman off him due to her size. Wow. You didn't have to fat shame her. Good is listed as 250 pounds in jail records. At one point, the boy got up to use the bathroom where he vomited. The 12-year-old girl told deputies the pair continued having sex and Good then got her belongings and left and went home. Good told investigators she had blacked out and claimed to not remember most of the illicit sexual contact. It is illegal in Florida for an adult to have sex with a minor even if the activity is consensual. Someone needs to tell that to Matt Gates. Who I am still wondering, how in the fuck is a congressperson? Good or of Punta Gorda was charged with two counts of child abuse and two counts of unlawful sexual activity with a minor. He was released from the Charlotte County Jail Monday after posting a $150,000 bond. It's unclear if she's hired an attorney who could speak on her behalf. Court records show Good has no criminal history. She certainly date raped him. And she needs to be held accountable for it. I tend to go a little more lenient with those issues when it is consensual. But you can't ply a kid with alcohol. That is way over the line. All right, a story I've been waiting for. Joe Rogan is taking some heat for his comments about straight white men. Let's hear what Mr. Rogan had to say. You can never be woke enough. That's the problem. It keeps going. It keeps going further and further and further down the line. And if you get to the point where you capitulate, where you agree to all these demands, it'll eventually get to straight white men are not allowed to talk. Right. Because it's your privilege to express yourself when other people of color have been silenced throughout history. It, It will be you're not allowed to go outside. Because so many people were imprisoned for so many years. I mean, I'm not joking. No, I, I know, I know. It really will get there. It's that crazy. You yeah. Know, we just got to be nice. No, no, he's not joking, guys. He really means it. Great white people are going to be completely canceled. ...to each other, man. And th- there's a lot of people that are taking advantage of this weirdness in our culture. And then that becomes their thing. Their thing is calling people out for their privilege, calling people out for their position. You know, it's uh, fucking crazy times. Oh, crazy times indeed. Oh, yeah, 56 seconds of a three-hour podcast is sure not enough to form a coherent opinion. Good thing for me, I'm a Joe Rogan fan from way back. 
I've been I've been on the Joe Rogan train since back when it was like flying pussy squirrels and shit. So I am very familiar with Joe Rogan and his opinion as a cisious, straightish white man. I'm here to tell you is bullshit. The biggest podcaster in the world is complaining that straight white men are gonna are gonna be canceled. Yes, flying pussy squirrels. That's an old Joe Rogan stand-up bit. I think he was doing some acid or something and saw flying pussy squirrels. So yeah, yeah, total Joe Rogan bit. I I cannot impart to you how fucking stupid it is for the biggest podcast ever in the history of the world for the host to be claiming that straight white men are going to be canceled. But there's an old saying that when you've been in a position of privilege, that equality feels like oppression. And that's exactly what's going on right now. This man who sits on top of the world when it comes to having a platform thinks that woke cancel culture will be the end of straight white men. First of all, all, as someone who no longer has a Twitter, who no longer has a Facebook, I've been banned from both of them. Three different venues in the city that I went to college in will not allow me to perform stand-up comedy. Was fired from my first job in radio. Rehired, fired again. And then later on was fired from a volunteer job at a radio station. Nobody knows about cancel culture more than me. But in every single one of those instances, it was the results of my actions. I knew what I was doing. I despise idiots like this trying to hold up cancel culture to play to stupid people like you're in my chat right now. Think this is some kind of issue that needs to be dealt with. That's the biggest threat that we face as Americans while wealth inequality shoots through the roof while our fucking cops are killing more of our citizens than every other fucking industrialized country in the world combined. Somehow, the opinion of straight white men not being platformed enough is an issue I need to be worried about. It's it's insane! Fucking, I usually save this for dumb fuck right-wingers, but... Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yes! Yes! The dumbest thing I've ever heard. The famous podcaster made the comment on an episode of the Joe Rogan Experience last week while talking to comic Joe List. Starting out by saying, you can never be woke enough. He was making a somewhat decent point at first, but then he threw skin color into the mix, which is what a lot of people have a problem with. But JR offers a simple solution. 
Just be nice to each other. He goes on to say that there are nefarious people who are exploiting these overly sensitive times. That's true. Companies are exploiting idiots that think cancel culture is a real thing. Uh, you're not usually 50% of my audience. You think I like nuance? What do I like nuance about? Please call in and tell me. I want to know. You can't just throw things out, make these accusations and not back them up with evidence. I am more than happy to back anything I say up with evidence and I'll give you data. I will prove it. People call in all the time. I don't, I don't know. You seem to want to argue, so I don't know why you're typing instead of talking. Doesn't make sense to me. If you want to argue, argue with me. All right. Leaked footage of a pyramid-shaped UFO is real, according to Pentagon. This is a story from back in April. Apparently, 60 Minutes did a piece on this over the weekend. It's got people talking about it yet again. This is the UFO. I want to point out that UFOs are not aliens. The Pentagon did not confirm the existence of aliens. A UFO is an acronym for Unidentified Flying Object. It is simply unidentified. And I have many reasons for believing it can't possibly be any sort of alien life form. But I have a lot of friends that are on that train and really, really, really want to believe that alien contact has been made and our government has been hiding it from us. Photos and videos were distributed by documentary filmmaker Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp, Los Angeles or a Las Vegas-based reporter who has covered UFO-related stories for decades. Leaks include a night vision video at sea, a series of grainy infrared images, and smartphone photos captured from the cockpit of an FA-18 fighter, which had been uh, previously posted online. The Pentagon confirmed in a statement this week that the leaked photos and videos were captured by U.S. Navy personnel, though it declined to label them unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAPs, the government's official term for uh, UFO. Rebell says the video and photos were originally shared at an Office of Naval Intelligence briefing on May 1st, 2020 and later leaked to him. I'm sure the videos are authentic. I don't know what explains those videos. I'm I'm not even going to try to guess at it. But what I can say is that 
the only type of life form we know of right now is a carbon-based life form. And a carbon-based life form can't live long enough to see the end of our solar system, let alone travel to another galaxy. So it would have to be some very super advanced race with super advanced technology that's using theoretical black holes. We don't know if it's even possible. Warp speed. Shit that we can't even comprehend. And therefore, they would have to be in a galaxy that is older than ours. Which narrows down the possibility because you you have to take into account the... I absolutely believe that there is other life out there. Given the number of galaxies in an infinite fucking universe, you would have to be stupid to think that there aren't other life forms out there. My contention is that nothing can live long enough to get to our solar system. I don't know about trickery, but I think there is a rational explanation for it. I I tend to think there's a rational explanation for everything. Uh, weather balloon has been the thing I've I've heard floated around the most. However, I've heard people say that it it dipped into water and came back out, and that's something. They don't know of a balloon that could do that. So that's... I fancy myself a news reporter. I just lay out the facts for you. Give you a little commentary on top. Now, I hope I'm saying this right. This is footage coming to us from Texas. This is a mesocyclone. And it is really fucking cool. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciated that, Tones. Let's let's go back here. Love the... This is gorgeous. I mean, it's kind of scary looking. This is a gorgeous cloud formation. I don't know about weather balloon, but like... We're also in the age of drones. Who knows what some amateur... Drone pilot has put together. Some engineer... But I'm also not an expert on these. That was the first time I'd read that story and that came out like a month ago. That's not really the, the things that piqued my interest. But because it's been a topic of conversation, I wanted to, to touch on it. Because I, wanna, I want to... A, a person that listens to the podcast told me they get their news from me. And I wanted... Since, since that time, I wanted to be more inclusive about the stories that I do and try to touch on everything. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry you cannot see this really cool video of a mesocyclone in Texas. You make a good point about it. It should have been easy to determine if it was a drone. It could have also, as a videographer and photographer, it could have also been something inside the lens. 
looks a little too perfect to, to have been like a moth or something, but it does kind of have that shape. Could have gotten inside of the camera equipment or have been a malfunction with camera equipment. All right, so final video. You, you guys know I love ending with animal videos. And this one cracks me up. This, I, I, I dub him Chad Lion. I want you to notice this is a, a guy. I guess he's got his daughter or his son at the zoo and uh, whisks them out. Yeah, 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 let's go, let's go. <laughs> so, Chad Lyon here. Asserting his dominance over one of his mates. One more time, one more time. I need a gif of this to send people. The dude's reaction cracks me up more than anything, though. Like, all right, all right. On to the next exhibit. I don't know if you can search Chad Lyon. That's a name I gave to him. I don't know if you can find him like that. That should be his name. All right, if you are watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you over to Ravana. Sure, and hang out for a little bit. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Bye.